Hi, this is April Mazza. And this is Christy Showman Fair. And this podcast is overdue. We're friends and colleagues, librarians, librarians. And on this podcast, we talk about books and other stuff we're loving. Yay. <laughs> Hi, Christy. Please, our podcast voice. Hi, April. <laughs> yeah, put on your podcast voice. Um, for our listeners, you may have noticed our intro is a little different. Uh, we have a new format. We're kind of shortening things up a little bit, and we're going to focus on uh, the books and other things that we're loving currently. Hopefully, this means we'll have more episodes uh, throughout the year and get them out a little more quickly. Uh, we'll still have guests, so we've had a couple of special guests recently, and we love to do that. If you still have questions, you can still submit them to us at any time. We love your questions and comments, and you can write to us at thispodisoverdue at gmail.com. And as always, we're so grateful for your support. Um, whether that's giving us reviews, subscribing, uh, following us on Instagram, but also we have a Patreon and Ko-Fi accounts. Um, you can buy us a coffee or coffee, coffee, coffee. <laughs> um, on, on Ko-Fi and with Patreon, that support has gone to help us get new artwork, which we're um, featuring and um, helps us make a transcript of our episodes. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to our Instagram at this pod is overdue where you'll find a link to uh, pages to support us and our website. So again, we just want to thank our listeners and we hope you like the new format. And uh, so with all that out of the way, Christy, do you want to start us off with your book? Sure. Yeah. So I, I actually also wanted to say that, you know, part of the reason we're changing our format is we both have full-time jobs and are like juggling a lot of stuff, yes. and, but we don't <laughs> want to leave this behind. We love doing the podcast. And so uh, this is a way for us to continue to do it and still get to reach out to all of you and also get to see each other all the time when we're we're recording because it's so much that's, fun. That's true too. And live like a normal life because it, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes. Um, okay, so my book, this is a long time coming because I've been trying to uh, get my hands on a copy of this book for quite a while. I'm doing Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Um, so this is one that people may have heard of. It's on New York Times bestseller list. It is the first book in the J Jimmy Fallon's book club. Um, it is uh, gotten getting a lot of press and a lot of attention. Gabrielle Zevin is an author I've been following for a long time, and I really just adore her work. She wrote Elsa Swear, which was a young adult novel, kind of um, imagining what it would be like for a teen who dies right before she turns 16, then the afterlife and what that is. Zevin also wrote uh, The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery, which was one of her first grown-up books, um, and people may know that one. Um, that came out in 2014, and it also was made into a movie. Um, and she also has um, a handful of other young adult books and grown-up books. So this one came out last year. I checked it out from the library, was reading something else, and immediately had to return it because other people were waiting and then haven't been able to get it since. So I was in uh, Newton, Massachusetts with my friend Rachel, and we went into a bookstore and they had a copy and it was signed. And so I bought it. Oh, cool. And it is it has been such a lovely ride reading this book. And I've been savoring it because uh, Zevin's writing is just, it's just fantastic. But 
I'll give you, this is my favorite quote. Um, it's from the LA Times review of the book. Uh, they call it the first love letter to the pocket demographic between Gen X and millennials, the Oregon Trail generation. And it mm-hmm. really, really is. So the story is about two friends, uh, Sam and Sadie, who um, meet uh, at a hospital in Los Angeles when they are children and they bond, they, they you know, become friends over uh, video games, playing video games in the hospital. Sam is a patient and Sadie's sister is a patient. And then they can have parallel lives as they are going through high school, lose touch and reconnect when they are in college. Both of them are in college in the Boston area. Um, so for me, like I, a lot of that is kind of like growing up in California, going to Boston for college at the same kind of time place. This feels very familiar to me, but I don't think you need to have that type of connection to really love this book. It is, it takes place over the course of like 30, 40 years as these two friends kind of navigate the relationship together, their friend, their friendship, and then also be- end up becoming business partners as they develop video games. And um, so I love kind of what Zevin does in incorporating the storytelling and the artwork of gaming into the story, but also kind of the format. And she plays with format a little bit throughout the book. There also are some amazing references to Shakespeare throughout um, the title is, and which I actually have a funny because a couple weeks ago, uh, my husband and I were watching uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And the mm-hmm. episode was called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. Like I'm reading the book right now and this episode. Yeah. And I posted on Facebook. I was like, I want to know who at Star Trek is a fan of Gabrielle Zevin and uh, a librarian we know. It's like, um, you do know that that's a Hamlet reference, right? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I know. I know. <laughs> they use the quote in the book. I just think that like a lot of those like little nods to, to literature, to location, to gaming throughout the book make it so rich and relatable. Zevin's characterizations are just fantastic. No person is purely one thing. She writes a magnificently complicated characters who feel human. And um, and I think partly because she she imbues them with aspects of her own life. Um, so for example, Sam is half Korean, half Jewish, and um, Gabrielle Zevin also is. And she, in an interview I read of, of hers back from when she wrote the story of the life of A.J. Fickrey, she talked about how that mixed background made her always feel like an outsider and how that kind of really became a core piece of her personality. And she's been writing characters, trying to kind of get to that and to share that experience with others. And that definitely comes up throughout the story um, with a, actually a couple of different characters, not just Sam. And I just I just really love it. I, I didn't want the book to end. I actually feel like it's one I could go back and read again, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen for me very often yeah. at all. And it does have like just this gorgeous cover um it has yeah, the a cover is really interesting. yeah if you haven't like, seen it look it up yeah the the text is very video game text but mm-hmm. rainbow and then the um the great wave in the background there are nods to japanese culture and uh artwork throughout the book as well yeah it's just, it's fantastic and oh i was at the allergist a couple weeks ago and i was sitting in the waiting room and one of the staff members came by and she was like is that book as good as everybody says it is? <laughs> and I was like, it really is. And so like, I've oh, made all cool. these like, yeah. people, people want to talk about it because it's part of like the current zeitgeist. I don't usually read books when they're this popular. And mm-hmm. I'm actually really excited that I got a chance to. And um, so I can be part of that conversation. So yeah, highly recommend really it. Cool. 
Well, I think that's one of the fun things about reading a book while it's really popular is mm-hmm. you get to be a part of it becoming a part of our culture, right? Yeah. And I just absolutely love that you mentioned uh, Jimmy Fallon's book club. I just have to say, like, I've always been a fan of his since he was on yeah. SNL. Like, his sense of humor is very in line with my sense of humor <laughs> and because he's just a big goofball yeah I, yeah I think he's great but I've also noticed like he features books on his show you know he has authors he's had other sort of read-alongs and and things like that and I just I really respect that I don't mm-hmm. know I don't watch a lot of um late night tv and actually I don't even watch his show I just watch the I clips, watch clips same. Yeah. I can't stay up yeah. that late <laughs> Um, but I just think that's so cool. And I this is also on my list, but of course it is so popular. Well, um, you can borrow mine. Maybe. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's very I bought generous it. of you. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. But yeah, it sounds worth worth buying anyway. Yeah, and watch uh there actually is a in a clip video um interview of Gabrielle Zevin on Jimmy Fallon's show. Uh that's oh, how I found out idea. that it was okay. uh one of the book club the, the this is the very yeah. first book club pick. I just love his interactions with authors as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what do you read? What ah, well ah, what did you read? <laughs> I mean, maybe you are reading it, but what did you read? Do I even read? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> well, mine is also in a way a long time coming, but only because I read it back in January and it's July now. <laughs> and you still remember it? Well, I took some notes. It's called Shelf Life Chronicles of a Cairo Bookseller by Nadia Wasif. And so I have been holding on to it to talk about on the podcast because I read it because I was going on a trip to Egypt. Yeah, my husband and I have friends that were living there at the time. They've actually uh, since left, they had been working there at um, an international school. And yeah, we were so lucky we had the chance to go there and stay with them. And I really wanted to read a book, at least one, Mm -hmm. um, that (laughs) You know, was by. by I would like to read a book. (laughs) I would like to read a book. Yeah. You know, I could have prepared by reading many books, but I really wanted to read a book by an Egyptian author. And I was open to, you know, all sorts of, you know, I would have been open to fiction. Um, This happens to be a memoir. And it really appealed to me because the author is one of the co founders of the first woman-owned independent bookstores in Egypt. I mean, maybe even possibly in the Middle East. Yeah, really kind of amazing, especially as you dig into the story. Mm -hmm. And it combines like so many things I'm really interested in. So like feminism and books and reading, of course, and other cultures. And I really hoped it would give me, you know, some insight into the place I was about to visit. And it really did. Like I talked a bit about it with my friend who was living there too, to encourage her to read it, even though, you know, they were preparing to to leave after being there a couple years, you know, it just was really fascinating to me. And I, I started it before the trip and I was reading it while on the trip too. And then finished when I got back because honestly, I was so busy there. I barely read. <laughs> it was oh, like bet. these really yeah. busy days. Yeah. And you know about trips like that, like you're just out all day. And then when you get home, you just want to go to sleep. But one of the fun things was I was able to visit the original store, the store is called Diwan. And I visited the sort of flagship store in a neighborhood called Zamalek, which is also where a lot of the foreign embassies are. So it's just like a really cool area to explore. And it was started in the early 2000s, just to give you an idea of time and place. And uh, this this is one of the notes I had taken when reading the book, because the author talks about like, where did this name Dewan 
come from. And it was one of the co-founders had suggested it because it has several meanings. It really, these different meanings made it like the perfect name for the store. So it can mean a collection of poetry in Persian and Arabic, a meeting place, a guest house, a sofa, <laughs> a high-ranking official, and then diwani, so with an I at the end, is also a type of Arabic calligraphy. And the the way the name is spelled is sort of its logo too. And it's just like a really beautiful design and font that they created. And then I also visited, there's several locations now. So it's like really cool that it became, you know, it was such a unusual and sometimes controversial store to have, but it was successful in that they built other locations. So in my friend's neighborhood called Mahdi, there was a location and, you know, of course I had to visit that one too. <laughs> so, but yeah, one of the things I found really clever about the book. And um, you sort of talked about this in your book too, like the way it's the format of it, the way it's organized in this book, all the chapters are organized by like sections of the store, you know, so there's like, yeah, so there's like cookery and business and management and pregnancy and parenting and classics and art and design. And then each chapter the author talks about not just like the titles of, you know, that department that would be, you know, that she was choosing or that were relevant at the time, but also have fit into her life and the culture. So like, for instance, with business and management, you know, she talks about how her and her partners ran the store and some of the challenges, the employees, what their lives were like, how they came to work at the store, but also like the bureaucracy and sexism Mm -hmm. they encountered as also sort of big challenges. And then of course, I love the cookery (laughs) section. I took notes of all the different books that she mentions that are hard to find here, but still fun to read about. And then also like just about different foods that are like really important to the culture and how they fit in with her life and family and like the culture at large. So and I love food. So reading about foods, (laughs) always a plus. And that you know, food and relationships is so common in most cultures. It was really fun. So I really liked it a lot. You know, it helped me sort of understand the place I was going to, but it was also just a good book. So even if you aren't traveling to Egypt (laughs) anytime soon, (laughs) um, I highly recommend the book. It's really a unique style of memoir, I think, and really thought provoking, again, with just the things women all over the world (laughs) deal with sexism and, you know, violence and challenges. But, you know, it's interesting to hear about it in a specific place that I wasn't very familiar with. And then how she and the other co-owners who are also all women sort of met those challenges. And um, even though she's no longer a co-owner of the store, you can just tell from reading, it's really obvious. It was like a huge part of her life. Yeah. And, you know, she just like delves into so many different areas, you know, her own journey of motherhood and divorce and family relationships and, you know, sort of intertwines all these memories. Yeah, so I definitely recommend it. One unfortunate thing is when I was visiting one of the stores, I saw the book in the store, which is really cool. But it's so much more beautiful than the U.S. Oh. copy. I don't know why they did this. The U.S. copy. Did they change the photographs or the Im- art? Yeah. Like- so the well, the artwork on the U.S. copy is just sort of uh, il- illustration, and it's like a deep blue with sort of like a tan maybe it's supposed to be gold but it's kind of like a real muted color of books and book spines on this shelf and as i mentioned it's called shelf life chronicles of a cairo bookseller but the egyptian copy was called just called chronicles of a cairo bookseller 
Why write shelf life? Like, I don't know. I just feel like Chronicles of a Cairo bookseller tells you all you need to know and it just more simple. And then the cover is colorful. It's sort of like a silhouette. I'll try to post this on our Instagram, but it's like silhouette of uh, Cairo uh, skyline. So you see like buildings and like uh, the the dome of mosques. And then around the edge is sort of like this lacy framework. And it's sort of like pinks and kind of muted colors, but it's really pretty like a sunset. And uh, I just sort of, I think more people, it would appeal to more people in that version that stuff's just always like so important and can get really overlooked and i mean who knows with international publishing there might have been reasons for that but i feel like those decisions happen so separately too Mm -hmm. you know like when a book gets picked up by a different publisher in another country that they're making their own decisions based on their aesthetic and yes um but it is really interesting to see those those differences yeah definitely oh and i you know a lot of times when we talk about our books we're like oh what's the what's the thread and as you were talking about your book i think with this one i see like a personal connection of place Mm. because you talked about you know california and going to school in boston you know i chose this one because i visited this place so i thought that was kind of cool they're like they're important to us yeah reading it we see locations we've seen or going to see yeah Mm -hmm. i always love i actually love that um reading a book where they mention a place that mm-hmm. I've been. I know that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and I like that. Yeah. In like movies and TV shows too. Mm-hmm. And then they often get it wrong. Oh but- yeah, totally. <laughs> like the, the, this is uh, the last of us, uh, Massachusetts, like 30 miles West of Massachusetts. And it's like this like pine forest. And uh, <laughs> it became a, it became a meme when it happened. So that the show, the last of us on HBO um, is based on a video game. Actually, it was mentioned in one of the articles I read about um, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, there's a an episode three. I think they have they pan across this image of um, like this pine forest, and it says thirty miles west of Boston, Massachusetts, and it is not at all. <laughs> like even if it's like thirty years after, like this giant you know sure. zombie apocalypse, there still probably would be a Dunkin' Donuts on the corner and not <laughs> a pine forest. And uh, yeah, it w- it was very very funny. Yeah. I live like 30 miles yes. west of Boston. Yeah, and that was and, the thing. People were like, it's a yeah. this area, like the, it would there would be yeah. buildings and there would be like yes. you know, roads. It would not yes. be like the Pacific Northwest. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um and actually I haven't seen that show. It's also what well, it's one of those ones where when I first saw the preview, I was like, mm, not for me. Um, but then everyone started watching it yeah. and like talking about it and getting into it. And then now I'm ha- I am having a little bit of like, oh, maybe I should watch it. Just watch episode um, three. You could do that. That's the one that has Nick Offerman in it. Okay. You're not the first person to say that. The, someone else recommended that. It's, it's like, you don't kind have of to a watch standalone. Can, yeah. yeah. They were like, you can just watch that one. And they kind of gave little hints as to why. Yeah. And all right. Well, all right. You heard it here. Yeah. You can't um, just watch that you one. Are like you are like me. Don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I we, might, we might give the whole thing a try. But yeah. Good. There's just so much. Oh, so I know. much TV I know. out there's, there. It's too Never much. Never ending. Yeah. <laughs> so um, speaking of uh, TV and other things, because we do yeah. tend to talk about TV. What are you yeah. loving? these days it's not it's not tv oh i know minus kind of <laughs> i usually i usually this is when i'd usually insert a marvel thing because <laughs> there, is, there is currently a show on right now but uh, yeah i know i actually, thought about you 
Yeah, actually, I love my new bike. <gasps> I Yay. bike. Yeah. And um, it's from a company called Sun Bicycles. And they're based in Florida, which, you know, <laughs> Florida's got some issues, but I still think it's really cool to like have a bike made in the US. And the thing I think that's significant about Florida and oh, and the way my husband described it to me, because he's the one that showed me the bike and suggested it might be a good fit for me, um, was that, you know, they have like a lot of beaches. So there's yeah. these styles are like beach cruisers. And the model I got is called the Streamway. And it's significant. And the reason why I wanted to share it on the show is, is twofold. I mean, I do love my new bike, but it's a step through model. And I'm going to post a picture so people can see what that looks like. But basically, I have short chubby legs. And <laughs> And I'm not as flexible as I used to be. So this makes riding a bike tricky. And my old bike, like whenever I would get off to like cross the road, or sometimes you just have to stop and get off, it wasn't always very comfortable, if you know what I mean. And I always felt like I was just too short for the bike. So this, the step through model, when you step off the bike, there's nothing there. Like the thing that holds the bike together is down lower by. Oh, I was like, there's nothing there. I know there's nothing there. I'm riding a unicycle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that'll. Dude, there's a unicycle guy (laughs) in my town. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm always impressed by that, but yeah, it's not going to happen here. But um, yeah, so it's just basically just made to get on and off really easily. Um, And we also kind of joked not to be ageist because I am getting (laughs) up there in years, but we're like, oh yeah, Florida, like a lot of people go retire there. So maybe they need a bike lease, but it's actually, I mean, really is perfect. Well, it makes it more accessible. And so it's not necessarily an age thing or a height thing, but you know, there are a lot of reasons why. Did you read my notes? I didn't. (laughs) No, I was just thinking that like for me, like I have uh, an injury that will never heal and it would make it nearly impossible to get onto a bike. Yeah. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I didn't know. I've never seen a bike like this before. I didn't know that there are different styles like this. And I just wanted to share that with our listeners because, I mean, obviously there are going to be some people who can't ride a bike at all. But if you have some things that are standing in the way, I think it's worth exploring and checking out. And actually what we did was we talked to someone, um, there's a woman owned bicycle shop in Framingham, which is near us about 30 miles west of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my husband, Brian, he's a huge cyclist. He has like five bikes or something right now. And so he's made friends with the, um, one of the people that works at the bike shop. It's called N plus one cycle re. Um, I'll, I'll post the picture because uh, when you buy a bike there, they make you take a picture with your adoption certificate. That is adorable. <laughs> sort of like getting your Cabbage Patch Kid. And they, <laughs> they post it online. So they're just like very supportive. But, you know, all it took was going and saying like, here's what we're looking for. Like, here are our yeah. needs. Yeah. Um, I'm also, you know, I'm a person of weight. So like that actually matters with the frame. Like I don't want to feel unstable on my bike either. And like, so almost like the work librarians do where you kind of say like, I'm looking for this, this and this, and I have these needs. And then it's sort of like this detective work (laughs) and calculation of like, hey, we've got these options. So I just feel like, yeah, if it's something you're interested in, like try to find a local place. If you're in Massachusetts and you're near Framingham, like highly recommend this place. Um, But there's also like, I noticed on this website, they have adult 
uh, tricycles. Oh, and I was my, just going to say yeah. I want a tricycle. <laughs> yeah, well, my neighbor across the street, I don't know where she got hers, but she had seen me post about the new bike on Facebook and she mentioned that she just got a new tricycle. In our neighborhood, we are literally across the street from a bike path. Um, we're definitely going to go together. And yeah, so again, just like if you think you can't, you know, ride a bike or who, you know, any kind of thing, really just open my eyes to that fact that like there might be something for you. Um, I love that idea. I mean, yeah. here's my secret. I can't mm-hmm. ride a bike. I never learned how to ride oh. a bike. And by the time I was older and I really wanted to, I didn't know about my connective tissue disorder, my genetic condition, mm-hmm. but I knew that I was accident prone. Mm. I fall a lot. And I, every time I would yeah. fall, I would break something. And so I was so terrified that yeah. I would fall and break something that I just never then try it. And now at this point, like, I think I could do the balance. I've done a ton of like adventure mm-hmm. things, but I am li- really worried about like falling and breaking yeah. my arm. So yeah. I've just not. Well, okay. I, w- I won't push you on that. So stay tuned for my adventures. But yeah, that's what I'm loving. I'm really happy. Cool. Yeah. How about you? So mine is television related, kind of, but it also is a way of being sneaky and adding in another book. So um, <gasps> how dare I know, you? But here's, here's what I love. It's not a what, it's a person. I love Hannah Gadsby. I <gasps> I love Hannah Gadsby yeah, too. I so Hannah Gadsby is an Australian comedian, uh, Australian comedian who's autistic and genderqueer. They use they them pronouns, which I just learned. I actually didn't know. I I talked about them a lot and was using the wrong pronouns. But um, I was first introduced to Hannah Gadsby uh, when their first special came out on Netflix called Nanette. And if anybody hasn't seen Nanette, I highly recommend that you go out and watch it. But the it kind of starts with Hannah Gadsby saying, I've quit comedy. And you're like, what? But you're here. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and then it goes on to basically kind of upend our idea of what stand-up comedy is and just was brilliant. And um, uh, they actually won an Emmy Award for that, which I didn't know until recently. Um, and then uh, the there's follow-up um, 2019, Douglas. Um, a, a lot of um, love about dogs in that one. Um, and then the newest one, 2023, uh, Something Special, which my husband and I just watched recently, um, which is just remarkable. Like, so Hannah Gatsby has this like, amazing storytelling approach that really ties everything together and like the callbacks are brilliant um and then there's the layer of of humor that a lot of times is tied to their being autistic but not in a way that's like making fun of people who are autistic, but rather like kind of like you knew neurotypicals are kind of bizarre. And here's how I see the world kind of that a little bit too. Um, and so I've always, even though I am not autistic, I have a lot of autistic people in my family. And so there's that, like being able to see all of that from a, from a perspective of somebody who is also autistic is really eye-opening and and humorous. There's a lot of humor to like yeah. living with neurodivergent people. In, um, but recently, a friend of mine, Brandy, who listens um, sometimes, hi, Brandy. Uh, hi, Brandy. Let me know that Hannah Gatsby has an audiobook called 10 Steps to Nanette. Um, and, it's, oh. and Hannah uh, narrates it. And so I'm currently listening to that. I have not finished it, which is why it wasn't my book. Um, and but it is really brilliant. Um, you know, t- it's a memoir. Um, so they, 
they talk a lot about their childhood, but it's it's framed as a um, as a timeline, which just makes so much sense. And you know, there's mm. a little bit of jumping here and there, but it it works so well for for neurodivergent brains, um, but also includes like tons of contextual historical elements about. Um, gay rights in in Australia because uh, Hannah Gadsby grew up on Tasmania, which is a state. It's a, an island off of Australia and a state of Australia. And so I learned a ton about that too because I didn't know a lot about Tasmania prior mm. to mm-hmm. listening to this. And they also um, have a, a love of art history. And so there's a lot of talk about art history th- going through the book. Um, and something I learned in, in researching getting prepared for this episode is that uh, Hannah Gatsby just recently co-curated an exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. It's a Pablo oh, Picasso yeah. exhibit, but hmm. it's it uh, juxtaposes Picasso's works of women with works by women and and critiques by women. And so it's kind of a feminist exhibit of, of Picasso and really critical of Picasso and his kind of treatment of women. And so it's kind of getting a lot of controversy, but in a way that like I think is intended, right? To get people to mm-hmm. talk about right. Picasso and and what he did and how he worked and his his representation and commentary on women and women's bodies. And so it's that exhibit is called Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> which I just love so much. That's great. Because <laughs> like when I first read it, I was like, oh, it's like a little like automat. And it wasn't until I said it out loud to my family yeah. that I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's like, brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> yes. So I I mean, I kind of like, I want to go to New York so I can go see yeah. this exhibit. And, um, and I, I'm just really having this like this intellectual crush on Hannah Gadsby. One last thing. So uh, in the newest Netflix special, they talk about the fact that they got married in uh, 2021 to uh, their producer and their wedding cake is a shark about to eat (laughs) two sea otters. And so, and I kind of forgot, I mean, Scott, my husband and I watched the episode. I laughed hard because my, my autistic child's special interest is sharks. Uh, And so I was like, this is perfect. And then this morning I was like looking through Instagram and I found the picture of the uh, thing and I sent it to my kid and I was like, you will love this comedian. Like we have to watch. Um, So it's just been uh, over the course of the last few years. And then especially listening to the audiobook now is just Mm -hmm. really give me a lot of insight to my kid, to the other autistic members in my family, but also history and and social justice and art history and yeah. and humor. I laugh a lot. I'm laughing a lot, and I really yeah. enjoy being in my car right now, even though it's really hot, <laughs> because <laughs> I get to great. listen. Well, and so. I love that phrase, intellectual crush. Yes, uh, because that's it's just the perfect way. Like I have those two, and I just get really into like a person, and I'm amazed at like all the different things that they can yes. do and the way they bring their talent. And sometimes what's really a hard world like oh the, yeah it's a, yeah it's really hard to have those um identities and put yourself out there yeah but look at the payoff of like yeah. all these ways to connect with other people. yeah and i will say that you know the book listening to the audiobook i you know and 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 actually hannah get, does this well at the very beginning talks about like there's some there's some topics that are touched upon including uh sexual abuse um and and bullying and and so they put that right up front of like if that's not yeah. for you don't 
read the rest, don't listen to the rest of this. But Mm -hmm. I think that partly because of their view of the world and how they process information, it's actually, it's done so well and with gently, um, but still not without emotion, but because I think that that, that's a, a fallacy of autism, but without kind of the same kind of drama, I think that might exist in a different memoir. So it's not all all roses and shark cakes, but um, (laughs) it is just, it's been fantastic. (laughs) Um, And I, you know, I'm only about halfway through the audiobook and and Brandy was telling me that like uh, they get into the mechanics of how they created the special. And I'm so there for that because I, I really love kind of that idea and the, the process of crafting a whole because mm-hmm. we do that a lot in our, mm-hmm. our day job work is like you're sure. thinking about a learning experience and how to get meet learning objectives and you know, from the start to finish and, and how do you have those milestones in the middle. And I think that's very similar to creating a big special. I mean, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm, maybe I'm conflating the two, but I, I know, I, I'm I curious to see. Uh, to listen to that part. And I actually might just go for a drive later so I can listen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, every creation has steps behind it, right? Like has a process. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, I think for the most part, but um, I think, yeah, I think that makes sense. And yeah, thank you for sharing another thing to add to my list. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Just a reminder to all the listeners. Thank you for hanging with us. Um, We know we, we took a pretty long break, um, but you know, just acknowledge that we had we had a lot of stuff going on, yeah, um, we're and we're, we're back, so happy though. to be back because <laughs> this is one of the bright points I think of both of our lives. And so, um, please reach out to us. Uh, this pod is overdue at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram. This pod is overdue. Um, connect with us. Share what you're reading and what you're loving. Um, we love recommendations too. So um, right. we look forward to interacting with all of you, and we hope you're still out there. <laughs> Yes, and happy reading, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to This Podcast is Overdue with Christy and April. Bye, everyone. Happy reading. You're just trying to be difficult. Menopause. (laughs) It's going to happen to you, too. Right there. (laughs) 